Hello, guys. It's Lewis here with my boy, Joseph, welcoming y'all to the first episode of the Saucy Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up? What's good? Not much, man. Very excited, honestly. We're less than a week away. Yep. Thursday night. Let's get it going. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people, to those that don't know you. My name is Joseph, but I also go by Swift. I mainly play first-person shooters like Apex and Valorant, but I've been playing fantasy football for eight years, and I've been blessed with eight championships out of 24 teams I managed. Amen. That man right there, he's the truth. Uh, I'll introduce myself, man. My name's Lewis. I'm perennial runner-up in all my leagues just about. I've been playing fantasy football for about nine years now, so if you want first-place takes, you can listen to him. If coming in second place is more your avenue, more your speed, I'm your guy, bro. <laughs> appreciate it appreciate it <laughs> no problem so going on to it here how about you uh tell them the whole reason behind the podcast in general and uh a little bit about the fantasy that you learned yeah so last year we tried doing interviews post-week interviews which was actually a really good and fun idea and creative as well and um we're probably going to do uh, something similar just not to the extent that we did but i thought this would be a fun and interactive way to make the league more uh, entertaining. entertaining. Yeah. And um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Especially sprinkling some interviews in there. It should be, we should, there's going to be a lot of trash talking, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be hilarious, man. It's going to be great. Honestly. Yep. So the name of the league that we're in is, uh, it's called I for quality. Um, you can go ahead and explain that, man. That's yeah. That so we, we've been looking for a name for a couple of years now, but, uh, I, I for Quality is our new official name for our home league. The name pays homage to the character Loba from Apex, who has the ability to see things of high value, which is something all the managers in our league strive to do. Strive is the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is a super flex, three wide receiver, full PPR, tight end premium league with defenses and no kickers. Yeah, because... Justin Tucker is the only one that matters. <laughs> I know y'all see the Ravens jersey in the back. But, um, absolutely. So that's basically the breakdown of the league. I mean, I've been in this league now for, this is my third season going into this league. Um, I've been I've been known to have the uh, injury bug bite me several times already. So hopefully this year is a little bit better. Uh, but let's start off here, start off the podcast with some news and notes around the league. Um, the first uh, tidbit of information I'm going to give you here is uh, tight end O.J. Howard. Yes, former first-round pick, formerly on the Bills, got cut. And receiver Tyler Johnson, who was on the Bucks and got claimed by both of them, are now on the Houston Texans. Uh, some quick thoughts. What do you think that does for, for the Texans' offense in general? And what, did, what does it mean for, like, the prior team that they were on, I guess? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited about Texans players. The only one is probably Brandon Cooks. I, I don't believe in Davis Mills. Um, I'm not touching O.J. Howard or Tyler Johnson. Uh, I don't think it does a lot for Dawson Knox in Buffalo, but that, that team is Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. They're, they're going to be the main guys. And Josh Allen, he's going he's, to he's be the number one QB without a doubt. Um, as for Tyler Johnson, he was irrelevant. And I, I don't know if he will be relevant. So, actually, I'll give you some fun facts here about Tyler Johnson. You know, he's a fifth-round receiver out of Minnesota. 
um, played with my what it, well, my favorite receiver last year in the draft, Rashad Bateman, um, who I'm high on. You sniped him from me. That's besides the point. Um, but they they played together, and um, Tyler Johnson was actually the better receiver, and he he led the team in catches and yards. And Bateman, like him and Bateman, were like one A one one A one A, as uh, Matt Lafleur likes to say, with Dylan and, and Aaron Jones. Um, very talented player. Uh, I actually think it adds a little bit of value to him because he's more of a slot guy, and you know they have Cooks out there running outside with Nico Collins, who's like a nice big threat. Uh, it's like the red zone. Really, I don't think OJ Howard affects their tight end room at all. I mean, to be honest. Brevin Jordan's all right, but it's not somebody I'm targeting unless I'm in like a 32-team league or some shit like that. Um, but uh, I think that tells me a little bit about the Buccaneers, man. I personally, obviously, you know, um, Mike Evans is still there, but Chris Godwin, who is coming back, he's injured. I think that tells you that they're confident in his return, personally. So they were able to cut a receiver like him. They brought, you know, brought in Julio, brought in Russell Gage. So Really no reason, in my opinion, for them to cut Tyler Johnson, who's just a third-year player who showed a little bit of flashes last year. Nothing crazy, but, you know, I think I think uh, Chris Godwin's stock is definitely up after after a release like that from a young guy. Yeah, I, uh, I have a hot take on the Buccaneers that they will fall cool. apart this season, and that's why I will not touch any Buccaneers in any draft, no matter what, no matter how far they fall. I don't care if Godwin's available in the 12th round. I still will not take him. Uh-uh. The Max Kellerman approach. He's going to fall off the coach. He's 56 years old, has his Medicare, and he's going out there and putting up points, man. Look, man, I, Uncle Tom is – Uncle Tom's the truth, man. He showed it year after year. Um, on to the next piece of information here that we have is Miles Sanders returned to practice. Not a big name, um, but he had missed some time with the hang, uh, hamstring injury, and they also claimed um, <laughs> the guy who burned me last year, uh, Trey Sermon who got released by the 49ers after being a third-round pick just last year. So they claimed him and Miles Sanders. So how do you feel in general about that Philadelphia running back room specifically? Not touching it at all. Um, <laughs> I think all... I think Jalen Hurts hurts the running back value. I think he'll be either throwing or rushing it in himself. Miles Sanders has not proven himself at all in the, the what is it, how many years is he in the league too? I think this is his. I think this is his fourth or his third season. I think it's see, fourth season. See, I say two. That that just shows you how relevant he is. <laughs> like he he really hasn't done yeah. hasn't done much for me. That's why I won't touch him. And... I traded for him last year. Um, as as you're aware of, uh, I had some hope because he he was getting a lot of touches, but just not converting them into touchdowns. And I, I thought he would have some positive touchdown regression, and that should just bit me in the ass. He didn't score a touchdown, I believe. I think he scored one the whole year. Um, honestly, I like Miles Sanders. He's very good. I, personally, I like their offensive line. So whoever's running behind it, I'm a fan of. My problem is nobody knows who's running behind it, right? So Sanders is the guy. Uh, they had Jordan Howard last year, which is what I kind of think Trey Sermon is going to be. So he's just going to be vulturing touchdown touches. Uh, goal line work from Sanders, most likely. Boston Scott is still a guy there. And then, you know, a guy that I've seen a lot of uh, um, fantasy, you know, people in, in the space talk about, uh, Kenneth Game, uh, Gainwell. Um, I'm really not that high on Kenneth Gainwell, honestly, uh, but I see why there's upside because he, he's the only one that has a defined role, which would be the pass catching role. So, I mean, that has some value, but I don't think Hurts is passing to the running back. I think he's taking that shit himself. I agree. Personally. And I think the, the last person to talk about here is uh, uh, the rookie tight end from Denver is uh, Greg Dolchich. He got placed on IR. So my question is, do you think that does anything for – I mean, as you guys can see the draft board here, nobody drafted him, but uh, Albert O, some people were very high on uh, 
the athletic tight end from Denver last year after Noah Fant got traded to Seattle. Does that put him on your radar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Russ will spread the ball. So anyone that's on that offense, I want. And, uh, but I don't really need him personally. Maybe you do because you didn't draft a tight end until uh, (laughs) round 15. So, man, relax, man, relax. And then you you ended up dropping him too. So, (laughs) yeah, ended up dropping him. Absolutely. I mean, like like you said, I mean, it puts Albert O on the radar for me as well. But I mean, Russell Wilson has never really shown uh, a tendency to throw to his tight ends because he's. You know, people say he's a smaller quarterback, likes to throw to the outside the numbers, bombs. People like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler should be, you know, in for better seasons. Yeah. I don't think that does much for Alberto. Uh, personally, for me, um, I, obviously, I didn't even draft him, and I didn't have a tight end. I just took a flyer on some guy with upside. Basically, I think it's too many mouths to feed. And I, while I do like Russell Wilson, I am not as high on Russell Wilson as the rest of the league, like, um as yeah as the rest of everybody else is honestly so it's kind of my take on that that's fair yeah absolutely so the next segment here is uh we're gonna do a a nice little we call the efq and the what do you do section is basically like we're gonna go team by team as you guys can see the draft board here and we're just gonna go over what we thought was the efq which is like the eye for quality like the best pick that they had in their draft and the worst pick that um, they had in their draft. So uh, I'll start us off here. I actually have the, I'm going to start us off here with El Carbo. He had the first pick in the draft. Solid team, as you guys can see there. I, I think the best pick that he made, if you go down to that 810, he took, he took a young man by the name of Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, if you know who Amon Ross St. Brown, you either know him last year because he, he, he almost won your league, or he made you lose your league because he was a killer down the stretch specifically, um, became easily Jared Goff's favorite number one target. Um, a lot of people, myself included, like to target year two wide receivers. Um, and he's he fits all those categories, honestly. And my what do you do pick was, you know, it's kind of hard, but honestly, I think taking Tua at the 6'10", um, I like the Dolphins offense. I personally do like Tua. I don't think he's horrible, as people say, but um, think just a little bit too early considering he's like in a tier of quarterback and you know I don't think he sticks out above the the rest of those quarterbacks in that tier so I think he got taken a little bit early but you know all in all yeah I'm like what do you do like why you know what I'm saying yeah um I agree with your EFQ I like Amon Ra um I I just think that his first three picks were the most balanced in the whole league running back receiver and then the QB stack um, I do disagree with you, though, with Tua. I think he's going to step it up this season and prove a lot of haters wrong. That's because you're in Miami, man. You <laughs> get that little Dolphins bias coming in from all your ears, even though you're not a Dolphins fan. Yeah. You know, it, it, affects, it affects your way of thinking. It sometimes. does. It does. Um, so how about you tell us about uh second man in the draft there, Mr. Blurry Clapper himself. Blurry Clapper. You see, his EFQ is very special because he drafted Gibson at the 8-9. And he did not know that Gibson was not the lead back and was working special teams. And then about 10, 15 minutes later, we got the news of Brian Robinson getting shot. So Very unfortunate for Brian Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, Thankfully, it wasn't a fatal wound. 
It was, you know, he just got shot in the butt and in the leg, I, I believe. But, um, in the knee. So he'll be all right. But, but man, I don't think there's a better EFQ pick than a prediction of the future of what was going to happen. You want to talk about eye for quality? He literally had like the the third eye. If you guys have ever seen Game of Thrones, like the third eye, like the three eye raven, like he just saw the future. Man. Like he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, kind of concerning. Kind of concerning for the rest of the team. Yeah. As for what what he do, um, not drafting Jamar Chase at the two nine. He went double QB for the second year in a row. Didn't learn his yep. lesson. Um, <laughs> I, I really I really think he he missed value there. Um, personally, um, I agree. I agree. I, I, obviously, you know, he got two very good quarterbacks. But, I mean, you say Jamar Chase. Honestly, I think he could have taken Chase, Gervonta, Diggs, if he liked Diggs more, because he has Allen, so he could have got the stack early and then just double-dipped after. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, definitely didn't seem to learn his lesson. So, I think, I think for, the, for the, my opinion, his EFQ was uh, Cordero Patterson. Um, I think he took him in, in the 11th round. I don't think that's um, – obviously, you know, he's going to have a little bit of a timeshare. He's not going to be the every down back. But he still has value in his touches. Uh, it wasn't like he was – you know, Mike Davis still carried like 140 times last year for them. So – and he finished as running back nine. Uh, Patterson did last year. So I like that pick a lot. Um, and for me, I just – my what he do for him was personally um, his entire running back room. Uh, honestly, like, what was he? In my opinion, I didn't know what the hell he was doing. There's a lot of risk involved taking Etienne in the fifth as your first RB. Um, you know, Gibson, Mitchell, Pollard, like these guys do have upside. I don't, I don't want to get that twisted, but like, if you're going into the season and Etienne's your first, you know, the first running back you took. Personally, I'm not as high on him as other people, so I think that can come back and bite him a little bit. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, obviously, as you can see, I, I definitely did not take that weight on running back approach in round seven. But, you know, everybody's different. What do you th- I know I know you hate talking good about your rival, but you're going to have to give me the EFQ for, for solidity. So in my opinion, I actually really like this draft. Don't tell him I said that. But um, personally, I think his best pick was Mooney at the 9-3. I like I like finding picks with value. And I think. I think a potential receiver, too, in the ninth round, maybe even some uh, low-end receiver one upside. Like, dude, who is who is Fields going to throw to over there, honestly? Um, his target share should go up. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was good last year, had 1,000 yards. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, RG3. He actually tried to sign a contract last year with the Bears um, because he just wanted to mentor Justin Fields, and he tweeted out that he finally feels – that the, you know, obviously they had uh, Nagy last year who was fucking trash. But he feels that the, the offense is finally getting catered to Justin Field's strengths, and I think that's going to bode well for Mooney as well. So that's my EFQ for him. And I think the what he do pick was George Kittle, man. I hate talking bad about Kittle because he might be the best two-way tight end in the entire league. I just don't have a lot of confidence taking a pass catcher from that offense so high with Trey Lance under center. I like Trey Lance in fantasy, but I don't think Kittle's the guy you want to target in that offense. Waller went off a couple picks after, so I think if he wanted to go tight end, he should have gone there personally. Yeah, I agree, actually, with both of your points. Um, I just drafted Mooney last night in um, another uh, redraft league, and I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about the Bears, but Mooney's value, because 
because people don't want anything to do with it, like you have to take it at a certain point. Um, unless, of course, they're a Texan or a Buccaneer, then you know, that's different. But reminds me a lot of uh, I don't I don't know if you remember Brandon Cooks last year, um, getting absolutely like slammed in drafts, like nobody wanted him. But uh, similar, you know, bad offense. He's kind of like the only guy to throw to Mooney, and I think uh, Cooks finished top twenty last year, so yeah, or around twenty. So I mean, I think it's very similar situations, honestly. Yeah. And I think if anything, Fields is a better or you know got drafted way higher than Mills did, so. I don't yeah. see how you can go wrong with that. And, and he and he has both both Cooks and Mooney. And as for Kittle, yeah, I'm not I'm not he could have got a top tier receiver. There was still Pittman on AJ Brown on the board. Um you know Keenan, he, he, Pittman, yeah, Keenan, yeah. Like he, he could've he could have went a different direction, but you know, we'll see how his, his wide receivers pan out. Yeah. Um, how about you go ahead and tell us about Captain Supreme there at the uh, fourth pick in this this draft? Yeah, so it's got to be Ramondre Stevenson at the eleven four. I Absolutely. he he shouldn't be drafted that late, in my opinion. I think I think he's gonna get a lot of work. Um, I don't know what's going on with Damian Harris, but but Ramondre's been the talk of the off season and. They can both do it. They both did it last year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, if if Harris gets traded, Ramondre is an Im- immediate like RB two. RB two. Yeah, high end RB two. And um, as for the what he do or what she do in this scenario, absolutely. It would be uh, same team, Mac Jones. I'm not. I'm not crazy about Mac Jones. Uh, or his receiving core. Jacoby Myers can't catch a touchdown to save his life. Um, or can't score, really. He, he's just afraid of the end zone. Um, there's just really no one to be excited about. I, 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 I'm more excited about the Texans receiving core than I am about the Patriots receiving core. And that says a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm definitely not far behind you. I actually, same, I agree with both those picks. I just think to me it's crazy how Damian Harris went off at the 9-1 and then Stevenson goes off at the 11-4. It's almost like 24 picks between. Like, personally, I would take that value 100% of the time. Everything out of camp, too, is um, they have, uh, sorry, Matt Patricia now and um, running their offense, which has been, according to reports, awful. It's been absolutely putrid so far. And uh, James White retiring, they're saying Ramondre is taking the pass-catching work. Ty Montgomery is a little bit banged up. I think he might have returned to practice today, but I definitely agree with those with those two selections that you have right there. Not okay. a fan of Mac Jones. Yeah. Can't run. Slow-paced offense. I want nothing to do with him. Yep. Um, what do you think about Schladank? Schladank, man. Uh, hurts me to say, but I think his uh, his EFQ is... Trevante Williams at the three five. So I don't know if you see right there on that on that board right there, guys. I, I picked right after him at the three six, and I was crossing my fingers to get Gervonta on my team. Snipe me from Gervonta, um, dude. Honestly, one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. Like, uh, screw fantasy. Like, just talent. Like, if you watch the guy run, he runs like Marshawn Lynch with extra speed, like, like young Bill's Marshawn Lynch. Like it's, it's truly fascinating to watch. 
Um, and he's in an offense now. I think he finished as like RB 18, 20 last year in PPR. And I, and now you add Russell Wilson and an offense in a division that could score a lot of points, like a hundred percent smashing Javante Williams. If he would have gone to me at the three, six. Um, and I think the, what he do pick, I like most of his draft, but I think Mark Andrews at the two in the second round at the two, six is a little bit of an overpay. We are a tight end premium. And that is, you know, shit, is Ravens. You know, that's a, that's a premium tight end if I've ever seen it. Um, just, again, man, uh, it might be a little too early for, for this, for this, uh, for Mark, man. I, I love Mark Andrews, but he actually, he actually did better last year when Lamar wasn't in the lineup just because Tyler Huntley doesn't know how to throw a deep ball. Love Tyler Huntley, not a bad quarterback, but he's not Lamar Jackson. So, um, and in that case, you would just dump it down to Andrews, which, I mean, if you're an Andrews owner, it's what you want. But, uh, you know, I don't think you you should factor in that Tyler Huntley's going to play six to eight games in your projections when you're drafting Andrews. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically it's basically – yeah, he did have a good draft, though. I mean, that's, that's the worst one that I could find because, I mean, I guess Robert Woods. But at that point, when you're in round 12, I, I can't say that's your worst pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're dart throws at that point. But exactly, I, I agree completely. Uh, I was hoping Javante would actually fall to me. He was one of the only, he was actually one of the only players I would have taken over Aaron Jones if he was still there. Um, Javante's something happens to Melvin Gordon, Javante's a locked in RB1, like top six. It's, What's crazy is, I think, I think, um, he's one of the few, um, players who got drafted in the third round that can finish at the top of their position. I, like the, one of the few running backs who got drafted third round or later that can finish as a true RB one. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And then it's kind of my thing. And then Andrews. Uh, yeah, I agree the same. I, I'm not a tight end drafter, like in the first three rounds, even though we're tight end premium, but I just, there's just too much value on the board at that point that I, I wouldn't have gone that direction, but you know, we'll see how it pans out. 100% agree. So tell me now, is, is, is your boy's team? No, man. Don't go, don't go too crazy on me, man. I wasn't my best performance out there on this draft board, but go ahead. Break it down. Yeah. Let me tell you, AJ Dillon is your EFQ, 100%, without a doubt. This guy is getting drafted in the seventh round. Now, obviously, we're super flexed, so the rounds are kind of skewed. Yeah. They're skewed a little bit with QBs. But AJ Dillon... I think we're going to see something similar to what we saw um, two years ago with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They're both, okay. they're both going to be extremely viable, and I think it's going to be even better than that. We're going to see the best running back duo that we have ever seen in the NFL this year. That's, that's a take right there. Yep. I mean, just to jump in there, because, you know, might as well, it's my team. Um, I personally... If, if you know, as you're looking at the board, I took Saquon early, kind of faded running back, and then I had a couple targets in mind. I think I got two uh, two out of those three targets that I wanted. Um, Dylan was definitely at the top of that list. I mean, you said uh, Hunt and Chubb a couple years ago. I I think more of it as um, Kamara and Ingram back when Drew Brees was their quarterback. Um, because I mean, you know, Chubb's never been a pass catcher, and while that's not Dylan's cup of tea, but he actually caught passes a lot better than just about everybody expected coming out of college. So. Again, I'm really high on Dylan. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I mean, foreshadowing your pick a little bit. I like that you picked Aaron Jones where you picked him. But if you can tell me you want Aaron Jones where you picked him or Dylan where I took him, I think I'll take the the four round difference, personally. For sure, hundred percent. And then 
the what he do. Oh, man. Justin Fields. It's, I, I don't, I mean, you might believe in him, but he burned me last year. I even put money on him. <laughs> I remember. That he would be better than Matt Ryan. Couldn't even do that. Couldn't even do that. Matt Ryan was bad last year. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he does step it up. Maybe he does. Um, I believe they got new coaching staff, right? Yeah, new coaching staff. So that should help. Yeah. Um, honestly, again, I can't really defend myself. So uh, Fields there. Um, I think my biggest mess up in this draft was actually all the way up in the one, two, three, six round where I took Hollywood Brown. And let me explain to you why. Uh, it was between him and Derek Carr. And I think Derek Carr was the last good quarterback in that tier. Would have been a nice stack, too, with Devontae. So if hindsight's twenty twenty, if I was to go back, I'd probably take Carr instead of uh, Hollywood. And then I wouldn't have to take Fields there. Uh, could have taken another, you know, running back, behind, uh, run, Renfro even, after, you know, some kind of form like that. And then just gotten Jameis later. Or something like that. But definitely, I, I I actually misclicked on Fields. I meant to hit Trevor Lawrence, and he ended up going seven rounds after. But I didn't want Fields and Lawrence. I wanted one with upside, and then I really wanted uh, Jameis in the later rounds because I really, really believe in that offense. So, yeah, but I uh, can't hate you, man. I definitely agree with uh, Justin Fields as my, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. And next we got me. Uh, before you actually talk about my team, I'm going to move us so that everybody can see the draft board for 8, 9, and 10. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to freeze Absolutely. you for a second. That's fine. Go for it. So I'll start here. I think your best pick is all the way down in the ninth round. I think taking Chase Edmonds at the 9-7 is great value. Um, at worst, you're getting a, a borderline flex play. And at best, you're getting a high-end running back two, maybe even running back one, depending on his goal line work and his touches. So definitely really like Chase Edmonds' pick. Um, the new coach, they like to throw to the running back often. He came from, I believe he came from a Shanahan system. So just really like Chase Edmonds as my uh, EFQ for you. And I think the what he do is, man, what are you doing at quarterback, man? Like you had a couple names, but then you, you just, I feel like you panicked after Trey Lance went off the board. You were like, dude, what the fuck am I going to, pardon me, what am I going to do? Uh, just it went downhill after there. I don't mind Matt Stafford where you took him. He's got obviously a little bit of risk, but um, Matt Ryan, like your upside's kind of shot. And then you're like, damn, let me just shoot for upside. And then you took Malik Willis. And I verbally told you, I was like, dude, he's not even, I don't think he's even going to play this year. And I mean, Daniel Jones, like Daniel Jones, like, oh man, I just, I think your, your quarterback room is just, is, it leans very heavy on Stafford. I don't think it's horrible, but I mean, uh, definitely the worst, um, I think in the whole league personally. Sorry, so mind you. <laughs> no, it's I. I agree. I at the third the third pick where I took Jones, I could have easily took Russell Wilson, and my team would have definitely been a little bit more stable. But I think I I I panicked after the draft and I started looking into trades, trading one of my running backs for a QB. Yeah. And after more thought, I think. My QBs will turn out just fine. I think Stafford, his elbow injury isn't really significant enough to uh, hold him back. I think Matt Ryan is going to get me. He's, he's, I think Ryan is, on the, is in one of the best situations that he's been in his, in his career. He has one of the best running backs in the league. Great O-line, great coaching, great defense, which will give him opportunities and Pittman to throw to. You know, so, he plays in a weak division, too, so that helps him, too. Yeah, so... 
As for Malik Willis, yeah, that's a complete dart throw. If if he turns out, then I'm gonna be sitting pretty in the event. 100%. In the event, Tannehill, something happens in Tannehill. Um, Daniel Jones, though, I feel like he he's undervalued. I I feel like he's going to be way better than he was last year because of the coaching change. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely don't mind uh, Daniel Jones at all. To be honest, I don't think he's he was again. He's your last pick there. Like, yeah, take a chance, especially at quarterback. He's got rushing uh, upside, so it's that, that always helps. Um, yeah, it's practically about it. So, yeah, not not the worst situation that you were in there. How how do you feel about uh Tony's team? Tony, Tony, Tony. Let me tell you, when I took Stafford, I was really considering Sutton. Um, and then getting a, either Staff, Stafford, Cousins, or Carr, whichever one fell to me. Obviously, I went Stafford, and then Sutton went right after. EFQ for, for Tony is, is Sutton, 100%. Sutton is a receiver that I believe has wide receiver one potential. He can, fin- he can finish in the top eight. I was um, going to say six. So yeah. I'm you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but the way he do is just like he, he had a great first couple picks with Henry Camara Hill. I don't know about that Brady pick. Me neither. Um but the way he do is just his lack of wide receiver death. He only has four wide receivers. We start three, by the way, so and a flex. So you could technically start four. So he's in trouble. He 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 needs to make some moves at least get at least another one more wide receiver um but yeah that that and the brady pick i i don't know about the brady pick i would have i would have took prescott i would have took lance i would have took stafford but then again i'm I'm biased so no it's it's understandable um i first of all i think his best pick is command i I don't care it was in the two three in the super flex um I actually told you this before we started recording. I got Kamara's running back one on the season. I think he's closer to running back one than he is to running back wherever he got drafted, 7-8. I think him and CMC are 1A, 1B, and Jonathan Taylor 1C. I think those are the top three guys. But honestly, if I I was picking, you know, second, I would have probably taken – probably would have taken McCaffrey. I took Lamar, obviously, here, but, you know, I actually – you know, looking back, I I told Kevin on the on the way home at Blurry Clapper, I would have ra- much rather taken Kamara where I took Lamar and just taken Jalen Hurts on the turn. I think my team would have looked just pretty much the same. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I definitely agree though. He's got four receivers, and I mean, I'm not gonna be nitpicky here. I I do uh, I love Sutton, uh, love Tyreek, obviously MT. You know what MT is Devonte Smith, great rookie year. Um, two out of those guys have been. Very injury prone recently. Sutton missed a whole year, second year back, so he should. But MT hasn't played in like three years. Loved Michael Thomas, but and Devontae Smith is about one hundred and seventy five pounds, so <laughs> not really a size that holds up in the NFL. So I'm I'm definitely a little bit iffy. Uh, Tony, you know, if you're listening to this, my guy, I know you see Jalen Waddle on my team. I know you see Mike Evans for your Tom Brady stack. I would I would love love to make a deal for Kamara. So go ahead and uh, slide your boy a DM. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Gators EFQ? 
So Gators EFQ, it's going to be very far down this list. Kadarius Tony. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, they were roasting uh, Kenny Galladay the other day because he they said he was walking with the stiffness of a mannequin. Basically means he's shot. He is he's bad. He was bad last year. He was inefficient for the Lions when he was there. He just had a lot of volume. He was the only guy there. But I don't think post injury he's the same player. I love Tony PPR floor through the roof. Um, just one of the best. He's basically, I mean, I when he was coming out the draft, I actually comped him to Debo. Uh, I think he is baby Debo, bro. Like, get this man the ball, and he's making two people miss. He's getting you at least eight yards every time. Eight, 10, 15. He can break it off for, you know, 50, 40, whatever it takes. He's, I think he's that guy. I think he is a little bit made of glass, but loved Tony. Just personally love, love, love uh, Kadarius Tony where he took him. And uh, for me, his, his, what he do is his, his whole running back situation, honestly, but specifically uh, Cam Akers. Taking Akers where he took Akers and Henderson went that much after him, I don't think it should be that much of a big discrepancy. Um, but just Fournette being your RB1, I like Uncle Lenny, but like you, you, you had said that offense, you know, and, and I do believe um, you're right on certain things. You should be a little bit concerned about Tampa Bay. Specifically, um, they're a little bit, everybody's a little bit older, so that should be taken into consideration. I wouldn't mind Fournette as my running back too, but definitely – you know, as my lead RB, it's a little bit more intimidating, you know. So that's kind of my – what he do is just really the running back situation kind of as a whole. But took some took some decent guys later on, James Cook, James Robinson, you know. I guess Clyde, not a fan of him. But, you know, it is what it is, what he took him. Yeah. My EFQ is actually T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is another undervalued wide receiver. I see him outscoring Waddle. Keenan, um, Debo. Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but those are some players that. So you can see him finish perhaps wide receiver one. Yeah. Top 10 ish. Yeah, top 10 ish. Yeah, 10, 10, 11. Um, Interesting. Yeah. T T Higgins, like, although he wasn't consistent last year, I think we're going to see more consistency this year. Um,. I think a lot of teams will focus Chase just because he is the star. But Higgins demands respect, too. And we'll see if defenses do give him the respect. But, you know, who's going to draw the number one cornerback? It's Jamar. It's Jamar. So, you know, we'll see. Absolutely. As for what oh. he do... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say a little side note on the what he do. I just... I don't know if you were going to get to that, but Deshaun Watson. Come on. Uh, nah, bro, what are you... What you doing? What you doing, Gator? What you doing, man? Not, nah. Hey, it's, it, I apologize. It, you're good. You're good. It's funny because his what he do has nothing to do with the picks. It does have to, have to do with the picks, but it, it more has to do with preparation. Homie did, he told me he did not prepare for a super flex mock draft. Oof. And you can you can really tell by the first three picks. He picked, he picked two QBs and a tight end, which is, yeah. it, you know, the first two picks, you know, I don't really have a problem with we're in tight end premium, but getting a third QB in the third round instead of a, anything, any, anything, a wide receiver, running back, like, it, I just, I would hate to be in his position um, in, a, in a league where we see, we don't really see too many competent running backs that 
are for sure like have a safe floor and you have Fournette as your RB1 which has a O-line that is very weak right now and Akers I I just don't I don't draft players that have injury history I I I rarely do and that's your RB2 you have to start two running backs you know so that's that's talk about injury history then he also take James Robinson all the way back there and he tore his HD um his Achilles after Cam Akers yeah you know he's supposed to play week one but how much yeah like you said how much can you trust these people to hold up how much and Julio Julio yeah, too he should he should name his team I don't even know man Kendall Baptist Hospital or something <laughs> Leon Medical Center Leon Medical Center bro there it is <laughs> but yeah absolutely so so take us bring us home here Shout out the only person who, because this is an in-person draft, the only person who can't make it is, uh, you know, shout out Big Flex. Um, he doesn't live down here in, in Miami. He lives over there in, in Alabama. Roll Tide, as he would say. Uh, what do you think his uh, EFQ and his what he do picks are? His EFQ is 100% Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is the wide receiver one in a offense that has a new coaching staff. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a terrible first year. But he is going to have a way better. There's just, there's so much room for improvement that, like, you, you can't do worse than you did last year. Because his head coach was Bourbon Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Christian Kirk is going to see a, like, we've already seen what he can do in Arizona as a wide receiver, too. So we're going to see him really. I have actually a prop, a live prop for week one. I need him to get over 50 and a half receiving yards. So very doable. So I'm doable. I'm I'm counting on him uh, against Washington. You know, which I don't is, know if you saw in the preseason too. He had like a massive target share when he played with the ones. It was uh, upwards of I think 33 percent or something like 38 maybe 36. Don't quote me on that. It was massive though. Like Trevor Lawrence is basically dropping back and we're, where's Christian at throwing the ball and and you know he. He's talented, man. Uh, there's, you know, slightly overpaid, but dude, uh, dude can play ball. I absolutely agree with that pick. Yeah. As for what he do, Miles Sanders at the ten one. Oh, baby. I, as I said earlier, I'm just not touching that running back backfield. And if anything, Sanders, he might not even be the RB one there. You know. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. But man. You have Najee as your RB1. That's good. Zeke, it's not bad. Solid. But not, not mad what he took him out. But as for running back death, we're not looking at any, any running back death. <laughs> he has the same problem as Tony, except running backs. So maybe you guys can talk to each other. You know, he got some receivers. You know, you got some running backs. Something. You know, we've definitely yeah. talked already. A nice little tidbit of information for the league here. Um, I don't know if you guys can audibly remember. Uh, when I, you know, in that fifth round, as I'm making my pick and I take Jalen Waddle, he very audibly said, F you, Lewis, <laughs> in the middle of the chat, in the middle of, of the draft. Um, he really likes Jalen Waddle. Bama guy and a Dolphins fan. So, you know, twice the flavor right there with that one. We've definitely had some discussions. Um, uh, I don't know if you see his third pick up there, but that's that's the guy that I wanted. So we'll see prior to week one. You know, he wants a little bit too much for Pitts, but um, actually, 
my, my counter was for Pitts and Sanders before this ordeal came out with the Trey Sermon and stuff. Just because, like I said, uh, if you can guarantee me Miles Sanders is going to get 15, 12, 15 touches in that offense, he's going to be decent, man. Like, they're, they're, they're a good offense, and they're a great running offense. So, I know you're not a fan of him. Also, the risk is he fumbles once he's, he's done. He's, he's done if he fumbles, honestly. So, I, I get the risk. But, um, you know, flex. Pitch a boy back up, man. We could, we could discuss something. Your running back room kind of dry, but leave leave my Damian Pierce. Leave him at home with your boy, please. <laughs> so, I mean, that basically wraps it up, right, for the uh, EFQ what he do section? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's about everything right there. So now we're just going to go into the – you want to break down – actually, yeah, go ahead. Break down the, uh, the, the, the trade that occurred not too long ago in the league. We have, we have, I believe we have differing opinions on this, so it should be interesting. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Solidity, or Solid, traded Daryl Henderson and Chris Godwin to Gator for T. Higgins and Deshaun Watson. And I personally believe that Gator got taken advantage of. Um... Gator has a weakness for Godwin. He likes that player. He also has a weakness in his running back room. And what do you know? Solid had Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, his backup. So he traded both of those players away to get T. Higgins, who, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm very high on. And, you know, that's a fleece if I've ever seen one. You see, I'm actually on the other side of the totem pole here because... Shout out T. Higgins. Love T. Higgins. Um, I don't think he's as primed to be as good as people think he's going to be, personally. I think last year he finished as wide receiver 22, 21 or something, 23, somewhere around that range. I think it's very possible he finishes as wide receiver 16. I think his, his ceiling is probably wide receiver 10, and that's if all goes well, like Jamar Chase injury or something like that. Um, Just not really sold on... T. Higgins being a wide receiver one. I think if Godwin comes back a week one, week two, um, it's probably he's going to be finishing around wide receiver 20-something, 20 23, 24, 25, somewhere around that range. So I don't think it's a big drop-off. And he basically guarantees himself a running back in the Rams offense. Um, Daryl Henderson and Cam Bakers might be difficult to know which one you're going to start to start the year, but I think it's going to work itself out by like week four. And he's going to have a solid RB2 and a solid wide receiver three or wide receiver two, maybe a guy in his flex. And getting T. Higgins, um, but letting go of some of that RB depth that he had. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't think uh, solid improved his ceiling on his team. I think Henderson and Godwin would have gave him a higher ceiling than just T. Higgins. But that's just, fair. Just my little, that's my little take right there. That's fair. That's and fair. I think there was one more, one more move we wanted to talk about because your boy did it. So I actually picked up Gerald Everett. I mean, if you if you saw my tight ends, it was it was Austin Hooper. Because at the end of the draft, everybody made it a point to just draft tight ends because they saw I didn't have one. So I was out there getting sniped like it was Warzone, and I was playing against Faze or something. I don't know. <laughs> getting dogged out there. So uh, I ended up taking Austin Hooper. Didn't really have target competition over there in Tennessee. But I uh, started doing some research, started crunching some numbers, and I came across, uh, obviously, Joe Everett is now on the Chargers. Um, last year, they were the team that, with the third most pass attempts in the league at, like, 39, and Everett played for the Seahawks, which was the worst um, team in pass attempts at 29. 
Um, so last year, their, uh, the Chargers tight end was Jared Cook, and he had a 12% target share, um, which was very nearly identical to what Everett had. So I think if you just extrapolate just adding the pass attempts and Everett gets the same volume that he did, you know, averaging around the same yards per catch and yards per target that he did in Seattle. Um, it would extrapolate his numbers out to like tight end, somewhere between tight end seven, if you count the, if, if he played 17 games to tight end 12, if he played only the 15 games he played last year. So I will take my chances on a tight end on a good offense. Y'all saw what Dalton Schultz did last year. Uh, and actually Everett was one of the best tight ends at missing, uh, forcing missed tackles. He forced 11 on 48 catches, which is very, very elite numbers right there. So should I think if, if you're a tight end and you have a good quarterback and a good offense, bro, I'll take my chances. So that's kind of what I did with that one. As you can see, everyone, this is, this is Lewis's baby. This, this whole thing. You see the amount of analysis this man goes through? I'm just, I'm just like the seasoning, but this man's the main course. So I just wanted to say that. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. a, I'm just a tech guy. You're just a tech guy. <laughs> no, man. Shout out to the tech guy, though, according to him. This has been beautiful, everything he's been putting up there. And right now what we have up there are just the, the Fantasy Pros power rankings for the entire season. Um, should be interesting. Take us away there with the with the first team. I'm not talking about him good twice in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love Solid's team. Um, he he definitely deserves to be up there. Will he end up being there? That's the thing about fantasy. So many things can happen, and I'm not even talking about injuries. I'm just talking about matchups. Sometimes your players have bad weeks, and your opponent has good weeks. Um, you know, I'm I'm known to get the least PA every year. Just blessed with, with a great schedule. People don't score that many points on me for some reason, you know? Uh, I don't know if it's uh, intimidation. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's the rings on my hand. You know, I'm looking like Tom Brady out here, but, you know, matchups, you can't, you can't, you can't really predict that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he actually ends up number one. Um, to get an, be top two, you get a bye week. So that is very valuable. Um, as for last place, I'll let you talk about him. It's Tony. Shout out, Tony. We talked about how we like his draft. We talked about how much I like Kamara going in the second round. But honestly, you even talked about uh, his receivers. You know, you know, he's got good receivers. He just doesn't have a lot of them. So I think that's his biggest downside. I also think his, his quarterback room is... Um, not horrible, just lacks a little bit of upside. Definitely is the biggest problem is his receiver and his uh, running backs behind Henry and um, Kamara. You know, Singletary, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, who unfortunately got shot, got put on the – he actually got put on IR, so he's going to be missing at, at four weeks. You know, Kenneth – like, it's it's guys who have a chance to make it, but I, I don't think he's got a bad team. I mean, there it's a pretty big discrepancy, honestly, from him and, and the people right above him, but – Definitely don't think it's it's bad at all. Yeah. How about you go tell people where I'm at up there, man? Don't, don't tell them where I'm at, man. Oh, you're at number five. I was looking for you. The quad squad. The quad, <laughs> the quad squad. squad. Yeah, so they got you right in the middle of the pack. Um, I mean, I'm, saying, man, I'm average out here. I mean, 89, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a high B, low A. You know, we, we take that. That's a, you know, but grades, grades aren't, you cannot let these grades really, uh, dictate your team too too yeah. much definitely it's fun to look at 100 percent. i don't think i have the best team so i'm not even going to go there but yeah um 
definitely uh, what's funny is before today because i look at this quite often i was actually ranked 10th so i don't know when they decided you know what let's bump the man up to five i think they finally came around to the analysis that i came around because you know i could see things that they couldn't see and they're like you know this guy's right this team's not not the, not the worst team i was like ah thank you <laughs> um I mean, you right there. I see you over there at number two, man. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's fair, or do you think yeah. you should be number one? No, no. I, I, I do believe what keeps me from being one is my my lack of QB strength. Um, what is putting me at number two is my running back strength. I have the best. Absolutely. I have the best flex in the league with Aaron Jones, which is usually a locked in person in the running back position, but he's in my flex. So having that gives me an edge in the running back position over anyone else, which I had to pay a lot my first three picks. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see, man. I think that all about wraps up the entire episode, unless you have anything to add on to that right there. No, that's about it. Just, uh, you know, the preview for next week. Yeah, so next week we're going to go ahead and be dropping an episode um sometime before the thursday night game uh kind of doing like a little preview of week one matchups in our league and just in general so you guys can take some analysis away from that um stay tuned man uh should be in for a fun season honestly that's our first episode tell us what we did wrong what we did right hopefully we did more things right than wrong but you know criticism always helps makes us better shout out to the tech guy for being you know techie and stuff uh i was just here trying to provide smart analysis hopefully i did some of that uh it's your boy lewis man boy joseph Thank you guys. Later. I think that was pretty fire.